Only an hour late then. Actually, sorry, more than an hour. Well, <laughs> we, 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 I don't know. We, I'm often late. And the first thing I get <laughs> is a burp. <laughs> At least things can only go uphill from now. And I only yes. have this to say to you. Go on. It's shit. You'll find out when you listen to the podcast. <laughs> what do you mean when I listen? You know I never listen. Well then, you'll never find out. It'll be rude. <laughs> Uh, that's a price I'm willing to pay, not having to listen to it. You must be grumpy. Well, that's oh. encouraging for everyone. Makes all the waiting for you worthwhile. <laughs> How are you? Aside from you, I'm really well, thank you. Who are you? I don't know. <laughs> I who don't are know you? who I am. That's the answer in my favourite game, Botticelli. <laughs> What's that then? Have you never played Botticelli? No. Well, you haven't lived. What is it's it? A, it's a sort of a kind of game where, oh God, it's the, the details, the, the rules, I should say, are the most boring things ever and explaining them always, oh, always. Oh, well, should we people. forget it then? <laughs> Just It's a game where somebody chooses to be somebody and the other people in the party or the group have to guess who they are by asking indirect or direct questions. Oh, well, I kind of play it when yeah. I stick a post-it to my head. <laughs> oh goodness what was that there was a film i was watching we were talking about that actress in that sort of big blonde lady who's um and she had an affair with someone's husband or they wife swapped and they played stick the sticker with her friend who knew that he was cheating on oh this her. is are, you, are we are we talking here about um she plays this mother of a a little girl they're homeless in one of them, and she's always having to kip on people's sofas and Daisy stuff. Daisy May Cooper. That's it. And that game was in that production that her character was married mm. to a man who met her friend on Tinder when he was trying to do the dirty on her. Oh, so she's sitting that, there yes. drinking with her friend and yeah. they've put a post-it on his head that he has to guess. <laughs> and he like really is itching to get that woman out of the room so he can quickly take it off his head in case it says cheating wanker or something like that. <laughs> anyway, is that what you play? Minute. You don't play the cheating wanker yes, game, definitely. do you, Ben? Always, always, always. Oh, who are you and who am I? I'm Victoria Mitzi. I'm a journalist. I'm a mother. I'm a lover. I'm a fighter. And I live in Devon. Blue Arc. My name is Ben Andrew. I'm a former journalist with uh, various news outlets. And now I just sit at home in my underpants tickling my own balls. Matron, take them away! If only he did that, he would be more reachable. But currently, he pretends he's not at home tickling his balls, whereas he is when he makes the rest of us wait. But I'm going to I've, let it I've, go. I've got, I'm, I'm a very important small businessman now. You know that. I know. I think I've got lots of small things that small businessmen do. <laughs> small okay. things to arrange with small people about <laughs> small objects. Well, you know, with a, small in, profits. A lot to make up a for small Ben's salary. <laughs> to make up for Ben's <laughs> inferior size in in that department. We feature massive crimes, and last week we spoke <laughs> about Levi Belfield, which we've got to follow up because there's been more on his revelations about Lynn and Megan Russell. Extra, extra, read all about it! So we'll go to that in a minute. But um, before that, we've got Pastor Paul McKenzie, who surrendered himself to police after co his congregants 
in his religious cult, if you'll call it that, starved themselves to death, including children. So that's something that we're talking about. Ben wants to talk about the coronation. I say to that. Actually, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to talk about naked gardening. Naked gardening. I coronation. I'd like to say naked gardening without you talking over me. I know I don't care at all about Nate uh, about, about yes Nate you Gardner. do I'm, not, I'm happy to talk about that I don't care at all about the coronation I'm more than happy not to talk about that the one I thing that I do I find quite funny to... was that there was something about Penny Mordant of the she was the oh. Pippa Middleton's bum of the coronation <laughs> it wasn't that it was the handmaid's tale aspect and then somebody oh, yes. said to me what it I wasn't... must have been thinking on the tip of my tongue it was that character who yeah. was really like, she had really tight lips and she was really mean, the mother, because she was the one who like <laughs> there, forced reproduction, <laughs> i.e. rape. There were definitely, yeah, there were, there were definitely Gilead vibes going on there with her outfit, with the laurel leaves. She knew it Somebody as well. else said she was, she was channeling Magda Goebbels, <laughs> which made me laugh. Who's Magda? It's, it was Mr. Goebbels lady called Magda. <laughs> was I she? Think, I assume so, yeah. I didn't Google it myself, but I assumed his wife was Goebbels. Gurgles. <laughs> so you're saying she was channeling Serena Joy. That's I'm saying it. she was channeling Magda Goebbels. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a bit of a mishmash. But the only thing that was missing was a whip. <laughs> Serena Morden. You tell me. Somebody said, oh, she doesn't have any say over what she... Oh, don't tell me that. She knew totally she was going for the sort of... No, she totally had a say. Oh, no, it was... Um, she normally would wear this black and white ensemble... And she thought, as she's the first ever woman, I think, to be the royal, the royal sword holder, she's holding the royal weapon. Mm. Um, I'd like I think to have that... caressed the royal orb. <laughs> oh, God. Are you saying you want to caress the royal orb? <laughs> oh no, not after seeing his fingers. Did you see his fingers? <laughs> King sausage fingers. King, they're not sausages. They're like those, you know, those red gnarly potatoes that you sort of go, mm, not buying them. <laughs> you know King the ones. Sweet potato fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Camilla must have wanted that queenship bad. <laughs> King Maris Piper fingers. <laughs> she was a. Um, no, was... mm. I thought he was King Comb Over anyway. Because when you know... I didn't realise he had quite such a comb over until oh, the, no, the, we're just the looking comb over for... coronation. We're just looking for an excuse to take the piss out of their outfits. Of course. Of course. Of course I'm not course, going to course, mention gold brocade. <laughs> Smoking are you, jacket. Are you not talking about super tunica? <laughs> C3PO. <laughs> that's a garment called super tunica. <laughs> Is that really cool? Those, that? I, I, he had those funny little slippers with sort of little buckles Ooh, on them. As I well, didn't like see ballet the slippers. shoes. Oh no, I'll look them up. I liked Kate. I thought she was the best. Kate Middleton. Yeah, she just so owned I have to it. Say, she, she does always look really good. She's she does a, she really is, look yeah. good. Everybody I mean, she's loves kind her. Of, she's she's got that sort of fantastically perfect look, which is she's not at all sexy. She's not remotely sexy. No, she's but cold she just looks beauty. elegant and sort of stylish and yeah. quite sort of she kind of makes frumpy stylish in a way, but she's kind of like no, I think she holds us I think she carries herself very well. In fact, she behaves far better as far as I can see than any of the actual royals, with the exception of Princess Anne. Who <laughs> was going to challenge Napoleon to a duel in yeah. her outfit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're back at waterloo Anne. <laughs> she just doesn't give a shit does she she's just like here i am has anyone got a fag and a gin like, 
<laughs> it's like, Anne, you're taking part in the coronation. Well, hey, and here is your hat. No. <laughs> <laughs> but how out of it and, and removed from reality do you have to be to wear that get up? But you knew that Kate was like, oh, yeah, can I rock like this massive thing that looks like a cross between the French Revolution and some kind of crazy Star Wars outfit. Oh, yeah, I'm in okay. it. Okay, <laughs> the, best, the best thing I've seen in the entire corrugation was during the um, report into it on, I think, Saturday evening on the BBC 10 o'clock news. It was this woman who was vox popped and she was talking about how the robes get really heavy like big towels when it's raining. I saw it her! It's oh the my most God. random clip I've ever seen. And she took it and she was all so serious and you were like, surely she's come to an end. And they let her and carry I mean, on. I could just imagine in the edit suite, the producer and the correspondent and the editor will be looking at thinking, surely we must have some other vox pop. We must have some other reaction if that was the best one they could come up with. If that was the, the best clip to choose. No, but I think I think there must have been some. I, I keep on hoping there's more irony attached to all this. It did give me an excuse to go to two parties <laughs> and... Eat some coronation chicken, which I don't normally. I thought you're supposed to eat coronation quiche. Quiche, or I had quiche, but quiche comes in good and bad, I think. Yeah, or you produced a coronation queef. <laughs> Do you know what? I didn't know what that was. I've learned quite a lot about the podcast uh, through the podcast, as have you. I hope, dear oh, listener. I've, I've learned loads through the podcast. Yes, I can. I can hardly contain myself for the amount of knowledge that's been inculcated into me. Well, what I'd quite like to understand is how a cult can cause you to... I've got to be careful saying that word in broadcast because I can often get it wrong. <laughs> and actually, they did they did quite a good clip sequence of people who have said cunt instead of cult. <laughs> and it was really like, it was people like Emily Maitlis and stuff. It made me feel warm. Tell me all about... Naked gardening. Naked gardening? Are we going to do that first? I think we should get our teeth into the meaty one. I'm dying right, to understand Pastor Paul McKenzie. Pastor McKenzie convinced la, 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 people la, la, to la, not la, eat la, food la, la, and la, then la. they died. <laughs> oh, people are going to switch yeah. off if they hear that. Ah, uh, look at all the hungry people. So, Pastor mm. McKenzie was the leader of a Christian cult in Kenya. And his full name is Paul Nathenge McKenzie. And he was running the Good News International Church for two decades. Uh, he closed it down four years ago after exhumations found mass graves uh, in his, on his land. So far, at least 90 bodies have been found. And he is due to appear in court next week. Uh, in connection with this and um hang on are you looking at the date on the article yeah it's this year no is it next week oh i see good question uh, and he is due to he is he is appearing in court who did you say you were again <laughs> somebody who shouldn't be doing this obviously <laughs> he Get is it! appearing in court oh, in connection Go on, with, start again start again with the deaths of lots and lots of people um now it's not immediately clear when these sermons that are still online actually were filmed um and 
there is reference to a preaching event by him in Nairobi in 2020, uh, which contradicts claims he's made that he'd already ended his activities in 2019. And what, what people who were members of this Good News International Church are claiming is that they were forced to fast and fast and fast as part of its adherence to their teaching. And they were, they were, fast, they were forced to fast so much they basically died of hunger. Um, which seems bizarre, um, and uh, he's he 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 was so. Pastor McKenzie was saying uh, he told people education is evil. Um, he said children are taught gayism and lesbianism. Uh, he he so he's condemned education that he says promotes homosexuality. Um, he says that formal education is satanic and is used to extort money. Uh, he's quoted as saying, they know education is evil, but they use it for their own gains. Those who sell uniforms, write books, make pens, all kinds of money. They use your money to enrich themselves while you become poor. He encouraged mothers to avoid seeking uh, medical help during childbirth. He encouraged mothers not to vaccinate their children. Um, in one of his videos, a mother describes how she sorry a woman describes how she helped to deliver a baby through prayer and without the need for a cesarean section um and 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 so obviously you know he's he is preaching a lot of sort of stuff about you know biblical prophecies about judgment day um uh, it, warnings of an omnipotent satanic force that has supposedly infiltrated you know the, the highest echelons of power he refers repeatedly to the new world order i mean which is something that it will be familiar to conspiracy theorists uh, elsewhere um so yeah well you know he's, he does he's... say go on he does say that he he denies forcing his followers to fast but yeah, the, yeah. there's no direct you know in the videos that sort of have been you know uh, found so far there's been there is no direct evidence that he actually directly orders people too fast but he does talk a lot about uh, his followers having to sacrifice what they hold dear including their lives but of course you know self-sacrifice and um you know giving up on christ you know giving up things for lent is something that catholics do isn't it i think i think that's what christians do giving up things for lent i think mm. i've heard that mm. It's said that his followers were instructed to go without food or water, supposedly to save them from an imminent painful death in the world. Earlier on, the pastor denied, says the Evening Standard, having a church, saying he'd permanently closed it and was no longer involved in evangelism. I know that people's minds and, and will can be changed significantly by manipulation. That's something that we come across quite a lot on this podcast. But on the other hand, to excuse children's crying due to their hunger being some kind of will of God, I yeah, really just, don't I mean, understand. You know, the things that people will believe and then will do you know, on the basis of that belief, never ceased to surprise me. I mean, just for listeners, a, a basic timeline here is that mm. Mackenzie founded the Good News International Church in 2003. In 2017, he was arrested um, and tried on charges of radicalization, but he was acquitted in 2021. However, he's now been rearrested um, after these bodies were found in the so-called Shakahola Forest Massacre. And he has, um, is appearing in court in connection with this, charged in connection with this. 
um, and that those proceed those those proceedings are ongoing. His followers, Mackenzie's followers, say they've been told to fast to avoid apocalyptic damnation. Are the mind boggles? <laughs> I don't really understand. Everything bog- boggles, and um, quite... <laughs> I just think. I mean, can you? Do you know, Ben? Have you covered cases like this? That have you been given any reasoning that people give? Um, well, we've had them over the years, haven't we? I mean, there was the um, the Branch Davidians who followed David Koresh, who um, were surrounded at Waco by the um, ATF, is it? The American um, kind of uh, customs people. And, that, and then they basically set their compound on fire and many died in that fire. Uh, there have been, you know, other sort of, you know, religious um, sort of fanatics who would rather die than you know give up their religion or surrender to the authorities so it's 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 not unusual um and, and often you know people who are are um forced to um you know give up their homes and give up all their money to this church and so on and so forth or you know often there is sexual abuse of uh, children involved as well yes there's no suggestion of that here but there's they say their children are crying because they're hungry want to preach i'm trying to work out who's saying this let them die is there a problem there i think those are pastor mckenzie's reported words education is evil it seems to contravene everything that we as you know western kind of civilization holds dear sort of you know rational thought and education certainly being something that we make compulsory and lord in our society it just seems really upside down. And I'm just wondering how things can become so extreme. It, I mean, we talked before mm. about the um, the cult that was sort of created by Keith Ranier, haven't we? That oh, yeah. was recruiting actresses sex and people. Sex cult. But yeah, be careful when I say that. Right. <laughs> Quite. He repeated, here we are. It's all about biblical prophecies about Judgment Day. That's what the preaching relates to. See, I don't know much about this. Repeatedly references a new world order. Is he just bonkers? <laughs> well, quite. Highly sceptical of modern technology as well. Everything that we sort of seem to see as good has been attacked by this guy to establish a new world order. There you go. Yeah. If, he he uh, says that government services is, are the mark of the beast, <laughs> which this, is quite true. This, I, I think but the common theme here is that if you have vulnerable people who for whatever reason are discontented or feel they should be discontented with their lives because they uh, feel they are somehow being left behind that people don't care about them and somebody comes along who's quite charismatic who claims to have all the answers who claims to be the one who can uh, who says look don't worry about you know things now because you know i can lead you to a place that's better whether that's before or after death that that's that's what's going to happen and if that person is plausible enough and believable enough, then people will follow them. And, you know, you know, history is, is literally littered with um, people choosing to follow somebody else who claims to have all the answers. I mean, I mean, it was, you know, lampooned brilliantly in Life of Brian, wasn't it? Where, you know, they, they all the people start following Brian. <laughs> He's given us his good. You know? <laughs> Only the true Messiah would desire, would deny that he is the Messiah. You, know, you just can't win with these people. No, he's just a very naughty boy. <laughs> well, quite. <laughs> I'd say that uh, this preacher is a lot of a naughty boy. He is a very, very naughty boy. 
I've been to I've been to Nairobi. I've been to Mombasa. I've been to a couple. I've been I've driven around Ken, bits of Kenya, like to the um, safari parks. It's 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 a beautiful country. I mean, it's got some amazing things to see. It is an amazing. But country. I've never been to Malindi. Well, yeah, it's um, it's the only place that I've visited that had warm sea, like a bath. Oh, Cuba's like that as well. Cuba's amazing. I haven't been Cuba. to Cuba. Yes. Goodbye, but I'd like to go. So how come you weren't recruited into the sex cult in Kenya? Which sex cult? I didn't know it was going. They decided you're a bit long in the tooth. I stayed here. Mm. Oh, look, he's talking. You're banging on the door of any sex cult going, <laughs> of anything going, should I say. Desperado. <laughs> it took you a long time to get. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I just have taken you're... to turning my pineapple upside down in my shopping basket. <laughs> Tell me more. Ah, no, you've got to Is go and do sign? your homework. Is that a sign that you give? Apparently, but I think Is someone's winding me up at work. Campus grass by the front door. <laughs> Pampas grass is like down. old hat. I'm into the new order. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just showing off. I don't do anything like that. I just walk past the pineapples at the um at the thing at the supermarket thinking well, they're quite difficult to cut. Grinning Brits celebrate World <laughs> Naked Gardening Day. Oh, God, talking of upside down Yay, pineapples. hooray, it's Naked Gardening Day. In an English country garden. Why would you, I mean, what's the point of naked it's gardening? It's brilliant. You know, literally, gardens are full of things that can either sting you or prick you or <laughs> exactly. give you a nasty rash. And when you're doing gardening, Just you're like often sex. holding things that could easily sever something or trim something. I mean, and no, you know, yes, okay, you could trim somebody's bush, but I mean, you know, oh, no one's made that it, joke, Ben. It, it, it's, but it's just, you know, you're you're holding secateurs, you're holding, you know, electric sort of trimming devices and all sorts of. I things. don't know what you do in the garden, but it sounds quite wild. No, I don't do anything. I hate gardening. I don't do. I don't. I refuse to do any gardening whatsoever. I, for one, like gardening. I also would have thought this is where we, our views, are opposed. You love a bit of nudism. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind nudism. That's true, but I just want to be in the garden nude. I wouldn't want to do any gardening. While you I'm can nude. do that. You don't have to garden. It's about. Promoting body acceptance and our relation to the natural environment. You like the natural environment too, don't you? I do, that's true. I like the natural environment. Yes. Well, why don't you get your um, man vegetables out in the garden then? What, am I meat and two veg? <laughs> Sounds a bit rude. I heard man vegetables the other day. Oh no, man... Man. It was Who wedding vegetables. vegetables. It was wedding vegetables. I don't know what wedding's got to do with it. It's wedding sweetmeats. This, um, this woman here is cheating. She's wearing boots. Oh, and, well, and gardening gloves. I thought you were the person who was talking about the hazards of it. Numerous oh, gardeners across crocs. the UK merged their festivities for King Charles III's special day as they shared daring photos of their escapades on the internet. Unfortunately, I was a day late for this, so I didn't get a chance to um, put my peachy peach in, in the orchard. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> the day encourages I mean... people to get outdoors and turn to their greens. Oh, tend to their gardens even, while wearing absolutely no clothing. Oh, funny that. It was first observed in 2005 and has gained popularity worldwide. There's a guy holding a massive cabbage in front of his genitals, which I suspect is... <laughs> is it, 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 I suspect the cabbage could be a good deal smaller than it needs than that. <laughs> yeah, he is totally... He's like, go me a massive I mean, cabbage. The cabbage reaches down to his knees and up to his nipple. It's it 23rd World Naked Gardening Day. It yeah. was. So if rhubarb. you missed it, oh, you've rhubarb, still got next year. It's rhubarb. Sorry? If you missed it, you've still got... It's, a, it's an annual thing. Look, she's 
showing off her beautiful lumps, bumps, and the coronation. This is mum of one Abby Garvey of Hagley in Worcestershire. Yes, it is. <laughs> She's got lumps and bumps. <laughs> Keep smiling, everyone. That's what I like. Ballsy Brits. A few took a swipe at the cost of the coronation as they posted their saucy snaps during the lavish ceremony at Westminster Abbey. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, why garden naked? First of all, it's fun. Right, from fun to no fun, Levi Belfield, he's a bag of no fun. If ever I came across one. <laughs> and what's happened now is, Ben, I need your help to decipher this because I've just been reading through. Look, okay... A week after we talked about Levi Belfield making his new confession to Russell murders, to yeah. the Lynn and Megan Russell murders, the lawyer has gone further saying that Levi Belfield wants to confess. So he's saying that he's responsible for it. And that apparently this confession that we were talking about in the last episode has been out of his obligation to the family and not because of any obligation to Michael Stone, who was found guilty, convicted of the murders of Lynn and Megan Russell and the attempted murder of Josie Russell in 1996. Just as a reminder, which you probably know, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you'll know that Lynn Russell and her daughters Megan, then six, and Josie, nine, were attacked as they walked along a country lane in Chillenden before being bound, blindfolded and bludgeoned with a claw hammer. The family had only recently moved to Kent from North Wales. Josie, of course, survived and had difficulties. She had brain damage, but she's gone on to become an artist, which is heartening considering oh, wow. what she so went I didn't through. know that. That's Did you not? Okay. Yeah. No. Stone made an application to apply for a ju judicial review in respect of his conviction in September 2012. The Honourable Mr Justice Blake ordered that permission for the application should be refused. Commission. Oh, she's really good. I'm just looking at some of Josie Russell's stuff. It's actually really good. It's kind of like collage, isn't yes, it? Yes, I've looked at it before. I've liked it. Textile artist. Nice stuff. I like textile art. Yeah, me too. The Criminal Cases Review Commission commenced an extensive re-examination of the murder investigation in 2017 and has had access to all forensic evidence, documentation and exhibits from the original investigation. OK, so that's underway. The review by Hampshire Police details the two Crown Court trials and appeals to the High Court. I'm trying to understand where it goes now. Well, I mean, you know, the lawyer has said this. It and he's signed reviewed. it. That's, that's where, well, where, the where, where it goes is simple. I'm going to say simple. simple. So Michael Stone has always claimed that he didn't carry out the Chillenden murders. He has appealed, I think, certainly once, possibly twice. Um, and those appeals have been rejected. Now, his solicitor, Paul Bacon, who incidentally is Richard Bacon's dad. Um, uh, you said that before and you said it exactly the same. Incidentally, oh, no, it's, it's, by the way. I have my little factoids, you know that. Yeah. Um, he obviously says, you know, he he is he would be calling on the police to uh, respond and investigate. Um, so the investigating force of the Chillenden murders would be Kent Police, and the police and the Crown Prosecution Service will be obliged to assess this new evidence, and that may well be they they take the statement made by Belfield to his lawyer. They take the text. They will sit down with the Crown Prosecution Service and say two things. First of all. Is it in the public interest to um, to look at this? Now, the, it will be in the public interest. It will certainly be in Michael Stone's interest. And anything that is 
you know, sees the you know the, the the proper administration of justice is by definition almost in the public interest. The second thing is, is there a realistic chance that they can get a conviction of Levi Belfield for the Chilland murders? Um, and there are two separate processes here. First of all, there is, uh, does this if they can if they convict Levi Belfield of the Chilindon murders, then obviously by definition Michael Stone couldn't have done it. So he would then have to appeal, and that appeal would be effectively rubber stamped. What I don't quite know is whether you have to, uh, if, if whether this can happen at the same time, or you have to have one step at a time. Whether Michael Stone has to appeal first. This evidence is heard at his appeal. It casts enough doubt over his conviction that he is then released, and the. At that point, then, of course, the Chilindon murder investigation would be formally reopened because a court, the appeal court, has found that the person convicted for it um, may not have carried it out. At which point, when that investigation is reopened, then the police, CPS, will look at the new evidence and decide whether um, there is a realistic prospect of conviction and whether Levi Belfield should be charged and brought to trial. And Levi Belfield would then have to be tried. I mean, presumably this confession is him pleading guilty, so it'd be a relatively fast process, but the process would still have to be gone through. Mm, or as we suggested last week, uh, last podcast, that he was just an attention-seeking whore. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's always possible. And that's, that is one of the things that the, the the legal brains who look at this will have to assess. They'll have to assess the, the credibility of this confection, the veracity. I mean, what we don't know is there could well be details in the confession that only the killer would know. There will be things attached to, for example, the crime scene that were never put into the public domain about perhaps how things were arranged, the position perhaps bodies were in. Um, and so on and so forth. Mm. And if if Belfield were to know those things and he couldn't possibly know them unless he had been at the scene, then obviously that gives this confession far more um, credibility than if he's just basically saying, yeah, yeah, I did it, of course I did it, and then making up a load of bollocks. Yeah, well, he's he's capable of a lot, a lot, a lot of bollocks, isn't he? I mean, really? my prediction is that in it, will, it could take two, three, four years. My prediction is that... Michael Stone will finally be released on appeal. Uh, I think that Levi Belfield's confession does hold water. And I think at some point in the future, he will be formally convicted of these. That's, I my, know. that's my opinion. And thanks very much to everyone who sent in stuff about that, because um, it's the consensus of quite a lot of our listeners that that's also the case. So let's be proven right, shall we? That's yeah. nice. So thank you for all your interactions, your likes and your follows and your feedback. I just wanted to push the um, Twitter at YDLMF podcast because I think we might have been getting our Twitter handle wrong when we've been putting it out. There is also our Gmail, uh, you didn't let me finish, podcast at gmail.com. Something I did tweet recently was that Mark Williams Thomas, somebody known to the podcast, very... Um, I was going to say really amorously. That's a bit odd. I mean, very affectionately God. to the podcast. Is Only that... in your dreams. <laughs> Only in your dreams. <laughs> um, Madeleine McCann's sister, Amelie, has spoken publicly about the case for the first time um, on the 16th anniversary of Madeleine's disappearance. And she said that it's nice that everyone's here together, but it's a sad occasion. So I put that on our Twitter along with a photograph of oh. Amelie. And that was a few days ago. I thought it was quite interesting because we talked about that with Mark Williams, Thomas. You can hear back to about a million years ago, one of our 
first few episodes when we yeah. liked each other a little bit more and we hated <laughs> each other then. Come on, we've never liked each other. Okay. Well, I'm trying to say how our hatred has blossomed. <laughs> blossomed. On that note, um, I've got to go because I've been waiting for Ben for so long. I'm afraid it detracts from your podcast time, lovely listeners. Oh, what a shame. I, I think know. they're all everybody we've all broken up about that. Don't worry, I'll edit it right the way down to five minutes. Okay. So bye, have everybody. a happy time till we see you next, Podo. Bye. Bye.